right, we can do it. 20 more, 30 more minutes. Si se puede. Yes, we can. Um, I oh. love a little Spanish from time to time. I'm yeah. not great, but I, uh, I, I dabble. But the, uh, I was saying to myself, and my dog Pudge who was the only other person awake with me last night, it seems like they've really lucked out injury-wise. And then, yep, and then the second happened, you yeah. think that, it's just like saying, wow, we've had no traffic on the ride today. So uh, just breaking, if you're just joining us, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reports, Tyquan Thornton, uh, who was ruled out last night, suffered a collarbone injury. It is not expected to be season-ending, although it will take time and delay his start to the season, which just sucks because I was trying to rack my brain. I'm sure people much smarter than I can come up with names, but good receivers, great receivers that begin their rookie year hurt. How many of them are, you know, turning everything around? Because it's so much about timing, getting up to speed with the offense that if Thornton is out, say, six weeks, right, and he plays in week four, whatever it is, that's four-plus weeks that he's missed that he's going to have to catch up on as a rookie while these other guys have been in every week, playing everything, doing what Max expecting, adjusting the offense, you know, making the additions, the subtractions to the game plans, all that stuff. So yeah. I think I think the benefit with Thornton is that I think the plan was to kind of slow play things with him a little bit anyway, or, or at least like that. That's how we all kind of saw it. So in a way, this gives you the opportunity to do that. So you don't have to play him even even when he he comes back necessarily you don't have to do it you can give him time to get those reps in practice and and let him get back up to speed without forcing him back in it's not like this is like jamar chase like getting hurt uh in in the in the preseason or something like that if if, like if that were to happen right and then like he's your best receiver and all of a sudden he's got to get thrown right back in the action like there's enough depth in front of him to where it doesn't have to be the end of the world, but it really is a bummer because I had, I had kind of hoped that it wasn't going to be as big of a deal after, I mean, really, they didn't even announce anything wrong with him right through, throughout the game. I mean, he came out of the game. It just seemed pretty organic. It didn't, he wasn't carried off on a stretcher or anything. He kept playing after that tackle that you talked about, right? Yeah. Um, and then we find out in the fourth quarter at some point, oh, yeah, he's been ruled out of the game with a shoulder injury. Hoped it was more precautionary, but... Apparently it's not. No, unfortunately it is not. So he will not be uh, another downside for uh, Taekwon is you don't get the free trip to Vegas. I mean, that sounds lovely. So he will be here. Uh, The Patriots will be in Vegas. Also, I do think it's just a total aside. I do think it's a good idea that the Patriots are going out there to to scrimmage because what gets you more ready for Miami than to be in 100-degree heat? I know it's a desert versus the humidity of the south, but at least it'll be hot as hell out there while they're practicing. So. The Patriots and Raiders will be practicing twice this week, just like they did last week. So it'll be interesting to see a uh, kick in the pants for the Patriots offense and those of us that thought Thornton was going to be sort of the Tyree Kill Jr., a guy that's speedy and can be a, 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 a different element to this offense than they have recently had. But as we were talking about the game last night, we got sort of knee-deep in the Tyquan Thornton story and, and the Kendrick Bourne situation. What did you like overall watching and covering the game last night at Gillette Stadium, and what was some of the things that concerned you? Well, I think that it was nice to see the passing game start to come alive in that third uh, that, that third drive and 
having that speed on the field with Tyquan Thornton and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, Nelson Aguilar's stock has been going up. I know a lot of people don't want to buy it right now, but I would say if, you, if you're into that, buy a low on Nelson Aguilar because he's definitely been, been coming up of late. Uh, I liked Cole Strange. Wow, uh, look at yeah, that. Yeah, I, I Take that, Chattanooga. I, I think he has continually just, just you know looked the part. And even when he makes mistakes, he's doing it fast. And I think that's something that he talked about last week uh, after the preseason game. I asked him about it in the locker room, and he was just like, yeah, there were a couple of plays where I was thinking a little bit too much, and I just realized, like, I need to just go out and, and play and just trust myself. And look, even, even if I'm wrong, be wrong fast, right? Because you, you think too much, you screw yourself out there and just yep. trust that you know what you're doing. Uh, I did not like the offensive line as a whole. Um, in particular, the fact that it was very patchwork. Why was that? What's is Trent Brown hurt, or is there any concern I there? Mean, it, I'm I'm not concerned about it. I mean, he practiced all week, and I, it didn't seem like an issue then. It just kind of felt like a veteran day. It's preseason. We don't want to uh, put too much toll on you or whatever. I don't and, like and maybe, having I don't like having Mac play though without his line. I feel like that that doesn't really yeah. even accomplish what you want it to. Am I wrong? Well, I don't know. Well, I, well, I would say that perhaps one reason to do it is well, what if guys get hurt? Like let's That's practice. A, let's let's practice a situation in which guys are hurt and we do have to do this. Uh, where we got to shuffle around and have Yadni Kajus playing left tackle or Michael Onwenu, interestingly, at right tackle, which makes me wonder, okay, is that something that you're just exploring in an emergency situation? Or are you doing that like, okay, maybe I want Michael Onwenu at right tackle and we can find somebody else to play at guard instead? Like, like playing around with different configurations of, of the offensive line if Isaiah Wynn continues to be out, because I have no idea. What is happening with him? Well, what a horror! I mean, in hindsight, what a horrible draft pick. I mean, just the guy has, even when he's been on the field, hasn't been a game changer in any way. Certainly not a first-round tackle. And now they picked up his fifth-year option, and he is just no he's just the opposite of reliable. I mean, yeah. the guy is never there when you need him. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I understand, I guess, why you keep him around and, and see a little bit, because he's he's average. He is an average tackle. He's not a great tackle, not necessarily a good one, but he's average. And average tackle play is still really valuable in the NFL because there's a lot of bad tackle play, just like there's a lot of bad quarterback play. But, I mean, yeah, you, you need more reliability from him because then the alternative is going to be, okay, maybe you kick Michael and Wenu out, but then who plays guard? Or, conversely, if you, if you keep Michael and Wenu there, then you're, you're looking at Haran or, or Kajust at right tackle. And I think Kajust has been fine. How but- is the roster in this position? Like, they, are spent, they spent money a couple years ago. They're up to the cap. If you buy into the cap, they have I think, second most or third most cap money this year devoted to offensive skill position players. And yet it feels like everywhere you look are massive holes. Like the line, okay, I like Andrews at center. Cole Strange's look good, you know, but right tackle, what the hell's going on there? You got Ference playing. Like yeah. it just seems like patchwork after patchwork. Well, it, I don't get it. I think that when it, when it comes to the tackles, I think they were like, you know what? Okay, Trent and Isaiah win. We feel we feel fine about them. And then Haran was not great last year, but but you you know, could kind of trust him to just he's played before. Okay, and and if you just need him for a game or two, you can live with that. And I think Kajuice was also showing some signs of being solid. And then and then he again, you know, had some some like injury stuff and and 
uh, you know, kind of didn't didn't come up and seize that opportunity immediately the, the way you'd want. But I think he's been playing better this year. But I think honestly, when I when I saw the Cole Strange pick and then I saw the the picks of Chasen Hines and Andrew Stuber later, it felt to me like Strange was the guy with this new uh, this offensive line coaching staff where there's been all this talk about okay, how do you feel about this like can they develop talent can they not how much do we trust it Cole Strange is like we can plug this guy in right now and he can be just fine and I think he has lived up to that billing I think he has been perfectly serviceable at left guard I have not noticed him in game situations in a particularly negative way I think that you know there, there are all the questions about why uh you know trade Shaq Mason and you know get rid of or, or let you know Ted Karras walk Cole Strange isn't replacing Shaq Mason, the way everybody kind of talked about, you're replacing Ted Karras. You got it. You got a high ranked rookie that basically you're okay. Just be as good as a stopgap veteran guard. Right. And I think that Cole Strange has generally been about there. And then Michael on you thought to yourself, okay, he can maybe do something approximating what Shaq Mason does for a fraction of the price. The, the thing is, though, with the younger guys, I really feel like they were they were saying to themselves, you know what, why don't we draft these guys and see if we can build them up and have them be serviceable depth this year, but neither one of them has really played. Hines just came off an NFI, and I've barely seen him, right? And Stuber is still nowhere to be found. So the idea of, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do the cheap draft pick thing, right? You know, fifth, sixth round pick, and then we'll, we'll turn him into something before the season, and maybe he could be playable depth as a rookie. That hasn't materialized. So now you're you're counting on uh, veterans that you've had before where you kind of already know what they are and they're not that good. And so, yeah, you're really relying on health for a unit that has a couple guys that can't stay healthy. Yeah, and so it's going to be, I don't know. I mean, this is this really does sort of put a damper on everything right now, unfortunately for me. I, I was upbeat. I thought two things have happened since the game yesterday. One is the Taekwon Thornton injury report, which just came out with Ian Rappaport. And the other is it sounds and it seems more and more that this is Patricia's offense that he's calling. I'm sure with assistance from Bill, and maybe that will be augmented and yeah, changed. You could, you could see you could see Bill standing next to Patricia for a lot of that game. Right. And so my concern is is that while Bert Breer got my hopes up that this was going to be some of the um I don't even know. Uh so that there would be that Bill would be more engaged in the offensive play calling especially in the two-minute drill is what he reported with the Panthers were seeing when they were playing in the uh, scrimmages this week. Right. It, last night, it seems, they're just it's going to be Patricia, and that makes me incredibly uneasy. I find him to be a gigantic boob. and Heard, I, that, heard that one thrown around a lot on, on, on this station. Patricia? Patricia the boob. He is. I mean, that's he's the definition of it. I mean, he's a guy who has the pencil in his ear. Like, you went to grad school for biology. If I were to walk up and start talking to you, it wouldn't be one of the first three things or 30 things you told me. I found out about your incredibly interesting background through other people. Because when you're successful and you're intelligent, you don't tell the world that. You just talk to them and they find it out on their own. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. The opposite of that, a boob walks into a room and says, Hey, I called the best defensive play in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I told Malcolm Butler to pick off Russell Wilson and the rest is his. Like, nobody thinks that. Like, even if you called it, it was diagrammed by Bill in the Three Games to Glory DVD that came out after the Super Bowl. Ernie Adams actually is the one that created the play and devised the scheme to stop it with Butler, that they did it in training camp. And Brian Flores was the one who yelled, Malcolm, go. We have the audio of it. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing begins there. 
it, it continues with the pencil in the ear, and then it's telling people in Detroit to not slouch when they talk to him. Like, the definition of a hardo. He, he, he clearly thought that he was somebody he wasn't, and he learned real quickly that he was not Bill Belichick and that you can't actually treat people that way. And you know what? I feel like it, one, one thing that I feel like hasn't been talked quite enough about is – you know, Josh McDaniels, his his change in the way that he interacts and the way that he moves around it after what happened with him in Denver. Like, I I, I didn't ask him about this, uh, you know, specifically when I was down at the Combine. You know, other other people did. But I think he's been pretty honest about the fact that, hey, look, I mean, I, I didn't know what I was doing the first time around. And my, uh, you know, problems with, like, developing interpersonal relationships and the way I interacted with people wasn't cool. Like that's essentially what he said, and you can you can see that he is different and and has and has grown. I think even in his interactions while he was still here last year, you could tell he wasn't quite that same cocksure dude who was coming in here trying to act like you know he like he owned the place because oh I worked with Bill Belichick you right. know it wasn't like that. And, and I feel like at least the preliminary my my impressions of Patricia have have very much been that way as well. Since he's been back with the Patriots, now again, if he got another head, but coaching, who's telling Mac to say this stuff that he's a brilliant guy? Like that to me is the continuation of creating or adding to the facade of Matt Patricia. Like what Matt Matt I mean, Jones maybe, doesn't feel that I, way. Why? How do you know that? I because I, he's worked with Nick Saban. Who he's is, one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around in terms of football knowledge. So okay, so he's worked with Bill Belichick. And Nick Saban, I don't think so. That, so, he, so, so, Matt Patricia can't be anywhere on that list. N- well, between Saban and Bill, Patricia's like the sixtieth page of the Cheesecake Factory menu. After that, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm just saying, right? If you're if you're talking about, uh, you know, if you put a, like if there's ten people on that list, maybe, maybe Patricia's on that list. But most brilliant, there's probably few people in your life that you would deem to be brilliant. If you had two, that'd be a lot. To say that Patricia's on that list is laughable. It's on I mean, its face. It's nonsense. Well, I mean, to to the outside observer, I guess I'm just saying, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it is a little bit overkill. But I mean, the so thing why is, did he like, fail you, so but, miserably in Detroit but, to the point where the players wanted him out of there? That he was because because he was. I think is because he was a hardo. Because he because he was trying to do the whole my way or the highway. I'm going to come in here and you know I worked for the greatest coach of all time. I've done this. I've done that. And it's like, dude, like, you don't got to act like this. We're all grown men here. Like, I, I think that it was more that than the fact that Matt Patricia can't coach football. Like, I, like, I don't, I, I feel like I personally don't get this kind of idea of him as an idiot from a football standpoint. I think but, I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. But that's, oh, God, but, but, that, but that's idiotic. Of course. Right, right? That's, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't know why you got to act like that. And I feel like. Maybe, maybe from that standpoint, and I mean, like Mac even said, like, look, he's like pretty laid back. He's easy. He's demanding. But and and I feel like that matters to young quarterbacks, or I mean, quarterbacks in general. Like, don't be a freaking weirdo when you're communicating the plays and you're telling me what you want. Like, be chill. That kind of 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 like being easygoing, being relaxed. It like that helps me be relaxed. Like that's something Justin Fields has talked about. Like when Matt Nagy was wasn't in his ear last year. Oh yeah, Bill Lazor's way more chill. It's like <laughs> I, I mean I don't know. It's like little underrated aspects of that. Like look, they can have a good relationship without Matt Patricia being you know this this super amazing football coach. I, I think I, I got probably I one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. Malcolm, go! <laughs> 
Uh, you're all right. I, I, I am not allowing for there to be a change in who he is and that maybe Mac is experiencing that. I don't mean to, to completely out of hand dismiss it. I just, when I hear well, that. But I, would, I wouldn't have picked Matt Patricia to run my offense. I'll say that too. Right. And I, would, I, I would not have picked him to run my offense. And I, wouldn't, and, and I wouldn't have this feeling unless I kind of knew how they operate down there about working so hard to dispute narratives that they act like they don't know are going on. Oh, yeah. For Mac oh, to yeah. get out there and say that, like, he, it's just too much. You're putting oh, yeah. too much. Like, if I go and I say, hey, Jess, how do I look? And she's like, oh, my God, you look hotter than Gosling. I and feel like, okay, I, I, now you're full of crap. Like, like, okay, okay, what's going on? Like, what Like, what did you do? Right. Like, like you know. Exactly. What, like, like, what happened? What what blew up or right, something right, like, like that? On, on my best day, I'm a five and a half. Let's not call me an eight, yeah. okay? Like, yeah. let's move on dot org. But, but I was going to say, like, some people are like, it does doesn't matter who the play caller is. It's about the execution. You know what? I, I, I feel like there have been a lot of people like, why are you still talking about this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. It is. Yes, the more important part of it is probably going to be the execution. It's going to be the players, and they can help him look good. Like, and, and yeah, I get it. People don't want to talk about it. You know, they, they, they're, they're tired of the narratives, blah, 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 blah. Look, we all know Bill Belichick is yanking our chains right. with, with, with everything that, that he's doing and calling it a process. We know that. We're not dumb, okay? At the same time, I feel like it's not outlandish to suggest that, you know, the the guy that not just called the plays for Mac Jones last year but was in his ear all the time, the guy that he was attached to the hip with is now gone, and and that that's not going to have an effect. I think it probably will, but once again, I, I I will say this for the 50th time, by the end of the season, we'll probably look back on this and be like, you know what? Okay, this wasn't a complete and abject disaster. Right. I I think that there is a chance that's the case, but one element... But it also could be a complete and abject disaster. And we're closer to disaster today, not because of this show. You've been very good, but because of the injury to Tyquan Thornton. But we're going to wrap this up with a very nice bow known as Rob Bradford coming up next. Hey!